Hey there. Thank you so much for checking out this message with us at Believer's Chapel. Our prayer is that you have a genuine experience with God and that you're able to connect with him in a deeper way as a result of listening to this message. Thank you again. God bless you. Let's give it up for Jesus one more time. He's awesome. Thank you so much for being here. You know, um, it's just an honor, a privilege. Um, Terry's here with us today. And Terry, we want you to know we love you, that we are here for you, and our hearts ache. Uh, like, not quite like yours, probably, but our, ache, our hearts, we ache together. And we're for you, we're with you. For those that don't know, uh, Pastor Clint uh, passed away a couple weeks ago, and Terry's his wife, and she's here with us today. And we loved Pastor Clint so dearly, so many people in this place. And we love you too, Terry. Uh, you guys were one, and we are, we are still here with you and for you, and we'll continue to pray for you. Um, you know, in a couple of days, it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Not a lot of excitement, <laughs> just a little bit. <laughs> Love has worn out. <laughs> uh, I remember like in sixth grade or something, you know, when we used to pass notes. This was before Snap and all the other things the kids do today. We had to handwrite notes. And I, I was able to like fold those real cool where they, you know, you know how you'd fold them different ways and they stuff into each other and it just become like this little box, right? And then you put this person's name on it and then you hand it to them. But, you know, if you, if you liked somebody, you know, you didn't want to put yourself out there, right? Because what if they don't like you back? You know what I'm saying? Uh, am I the only one that experienced this? Right? So you were, you were, you were like, I, I really hope this person, I, I had this crush on somebody or, you know, yeah. And so I was like, you know, and so you wouldn't send them a note right away. You'd kind of like test the waters. And you'd like ask their friends, or their friends would ask you, do you like so-and-so? I don't know, does so-and-so like me, right? Because you, be you didn't want to put yourself out there in case, you know, they didn't like you back. And so finally, after you realize, oh, that person likes you, you like them, you found out from the friends, then you send a note, right? And it'd be like, hey, do you like me, or do you want to go out with me, whatever that meant, because you didn't really go anywhere. But, you know, uh, circle yes or no, you know, you give them this note, and then they return it back to you, and hopefully it didn't say no. Has, has anybody gotten the letter back that said no real big, and like, what, a loser, or something like that, you know? You know, hopefully they sent it back to you and said yes, you know, and then, you know, then that just meant that, hey, that's my girlfriend, and that's my boyfriend, and that meant nothing else. You never even talk to each other, you never really, right? Until you get a little older, obviously, but... Um, you just remember those times and, you know, the thing is, like, when somebody did say yes, like, they liked you or even that they were interested in you, you kind of were just like, oh, that, it feels really good to be wanted, doesn't it? It feels good that somebody else likes you. I remember in my life different times when I was single and, you know, I didn't think, well, maybe nobody will like me because of this or that or this or that. And then to find out that somebody is interested in you and really, like, likes who you are or whatever, um, you're kind of like, oh, that feels kind of good, right? That kind of makes you feel good. And we all, we all want that. We all need that. We all uh, were made to want to be wanted, to be needed, to be loved, to be cared for, to be uh, in a relationship. 
God created us uh, in this way. And last week we started this series, it's called No God. This is the series that we're in, you can see right up there. Uh, and we're talking about how we should get to know God. And last week, Dan, he preached about, in his, his tagline, he said it probably 10 times, was we must seek him to find him, remember? We must seek him to find him. We must seek him to find him. In the scriptures, this is very true, right? In Matthew 6, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then in Jeremiah, in the Old Testament, it says, uh, and then you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And we can find the Lord. And I remember back in the 90s, there was this book going around. Uh, it was called God Chasers. I think it was written by Tommy Tenney. I think that was his name. And it was just this book about how we need to chase God with everything we have and, and just go after him above all else that we should seek him and use some of these scriptures. And, and, it would, it, and, and I remember it was a big thing back then. And that's what, during the awakening when the presence of the Lord would come. And we were just like, we just want God. We want God. We want God. But, you know, it's, it's it, the... What I want to get to today and change this script and the narrative a little bit on this whole series from what Dan took us to, and that is true, that we need to seek God with all of our heart, and we should seek him above all else, and when we seek him, we find him, and the Bible in James, it says, draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. All those are true, and, and we need to know, we need to put some effort into that relationship as people, right? But I want to show, let's twist, twist the script a little bit and say, uh, and show you today how God is relentless in seeking after you too. In fact, God seeks us first. And God, in fact, God seeks us in such a, uh, a, a loving, carefully, but uh, persistent uh, way that it's just never ending. And I'm going to get into some of that today. But I want to just define this word seek first, all right? So uh, some of you may know, but I've been, I've been eating good for the last first of the year, right? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> just pray for me. Don't clap. Just keep praying. Um, and you know, uh, I talked to my doctor and they're like, yeah, you probably should lose some weight and you need to do this and this and, but you probably should have a cheat day every week, you know? And so like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's a good idea, doc. <laughs> and so, you know, all week, you know, and today, Sunday is the cheat day, right? So it's like, oh, I can't wait. It's like, I love pizza and I love you know, anything with sugar in it. You know, it's like, I cannot wait till cheat day. And it's like, I have this craving for, you know, to, to I don't, you don't have to seek very hard for sugar. You don't have to look very much, far for pizza. They're on every corner, right? It's like, I, you know, you have this craving. And this word seek in the original, is, it really does mean to crave something, that it's like a craving or a desire. It's not just, hey, I hope to find something. And maybe I find it, maybe I don't. When you're looking for something, it's because you really need it, right? If you look for some things, some things before, like, oh, I might go to the store and look and see if they have this, or around the house if I'm missing something. And then you're like, it's, I can't find it. So it's like, you don't really try that hard, right? You know what I'm saying? It's like, that's eh, no big deal. But if you really want something desperately and you don't have it, maybe whether it's missing or you don't own it, you'll do anything you can to find it because you crave it, you desire it. Uh, like, for example, if I'm missing my car keys, right, and I need to go somewhere, it's like, uh, oh, well, I can't find my car keys. I just guess I'll stay home. Uh, you know, I, my car keys are missing. I need to find them. I'm, good, I'm desperate for them because I need to go somewhere. If I don't go somewhere, I won't have food. I won't be able to work. I won't, you know, I've got to find my car keys. If it's something less, it's not as much. But I, today, I'm, I'm trying to bring this point together is that when we say this word seek, 
it's not just like hoping to find something and it's not a big deal. This word seek means is deeper than that. It's like a craving, an earning, a um, longing, a desire, a deep desire that I want to be with you. Is everybody with me? And when God says seek, uses this word in the scriptures and he uses it, or we say that you sh- we should seek God, it's not with like, hey, this is something you maybe you should do, maybe you shouldn't. No, no, no. This is like you should have a deep desire, a craving, more so than I do on cheat days, to go after God. Is everybody with me? Yeah. So we're going to get into this, all right? So the first story I want to go into is the story of Zacchaeus. How many remember Zacchaeus? Anyone? He's a short guy. He's a tax collector. He's hated. Tax collectors are not liked. And Jesus is walking through town, and Zacchaeus, is, make it, the story short, um, and he's like trying to get to Jesus because he hears all these things about Jesus, and he's like trying to find him, but he's short, so he can't see the crowd, so he climbs up in this sycamore tree, and Jesus looks at him, and he says, uh, hey, Zacchaeus, come down from there. I'm going to come to your house. And people are like, why would you talk to this guy? He is a tax collector. Nobody likes him. Nobody likes tax collectors. And so Jesus said at the end of the story, he says, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. So one of my, I know I have a lot of favorite scriptures, but I love this, 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 this scripture summarizes Jesus' whole mission statement. The whole reason why he came to the planet, the whole reason that he's, he, he died on the cross, Jesus came to seek, crave, look for people, and save the lost. Even a short, uh, unloved tax collector. Jesus came to seek and save the lost. Jesus seeks us too. God seeks us too when we see this all through the scripture and all through the scriptures. And I wanna go to another one in Matthew 18. Matthew 18, verse 10, it says, see that you do not despise despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that there are angels in heaven, uh, there are angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns, skipping to verse 12, if a man owns 100 sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he is happier about the one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Another great scripture for evangelists. God is not willing that anyone should perish. In fact, there's another scripture that says that it, um, God's not, it's not his will for any to perish, but all have everlasting life. So Jesus is seeking you. And in this, in this parable that Jesus is talking about, he's talking about this sheep, right? He's talking about how it's wandered away and how it's, uh, that he's his, his not willing for any of these little ones. And he left, leaves the 99 to chase the one. And we have all these different things that we could pull out of this first. And so I want to do that in the way that you, you will realize all the different situations in life that we've been in where we may have not seen where God has chased after us. All right, so first I got to get something here. Um, <laughs> I hit it back here. I don't think anybody's seen this for 
for three years. It's been hanging in my office. In fact, this was given to me on the day that I was ordained to be the pastor of this place by uh, Pastor Mike Webster, who's actually here today. Isn't that really cool? I didn't even know he's going to be in the, the service today. Mike and Donna, we love you. We're so glad that you're here with us. And so this is a shepherd's staff. On one side of it, you can put this around the sheep's neck and guide him or pull him back, right? Guide him, lead him. Doesn't seem too comfortable though, does it? Let me try it. Can I try it on somebody? Patrick, can let me just, no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't really get The other side is a little more stiff. And sometimes if the sheep, you know, keep going a certain direction, you can kind of <laughs> just poke them. No, we're not going that way. Just kind of jab them just a little bit. Say, no, 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 that's going to hurt you. Don't go that way. And so that's what a, sh- a good shepherd does. He guides the sheep. He protects the sheep. He keeps the sh- sheep from uh, wandering off so that they would get attacked by wolves or bears and whatnot, right? And so that's what Jesus, the good shepherd, he does with us at times. There's times when we wander off. Has anybody wandered off? Right? We've gone our own way. The Bible says all of us have gone our own way. All of us have gone astray. And so God uses different um, things to say, uh, I got to put this around your neck. <laughs> it's not a noose. It's just, a, it's just a rod. It may feel like a noose in there. You choke it, but he's just pulling you back. No, no, no. You don't need to go that way. That is not the right attitude to have. That's not the right way to handle. Whatever it is, he's just going to pull back. Are there some times where, you know, we can be stubborn and he's like, come on, you need to go this way and we don't listen. And he just uses the other side. He's like, oh, right. And because he loves us and he doesn't want us to keep going in certain directions. And so Jesus, is the good shepherd, is constantly seeking, desiring to be with us. Uh, even when you feel little, and this word little in here is right, he uses this to, uh, to, so that these little ones, um, he's not willing that any of these little ones should perish. And he uses this word little, and sometimes here in this place, sometimes in our lives, we feel insignificant or little, right? We feel like we don't matter. We feel like maybe we're shame, full of shame or guilt or fear or whatever it is, and we feel like we're not important. And so some of us at times feel like even maybe marginalized or small or not cared about. And Jesus is saying that he cares even about the little. Sometimes we may feel like these things in our lives don't really matter to God, that they're not big enough for his concern. But God has, through his scriptures, told us over and over again, he cares about every detail of your life. And that you could take anything to him, no matter how big and how small, that he wants to help you in your, in your daily life. And um, he seeks after you even when you feel little. Is everybody with me? When you feel marginalized, when you feel small, when you don't feel cared about, Jesus cares. The other thing we can pull out of the scripture is that, um, is that he desires, he leaves the 99 to go after the one. Sometimes we may feel like, well, I'm just one person. I don't really matter, you know, in the bigger picture of things. I'm just minute in the bigger scheme of things. And, and God wants to, you know, he'll be show up at church or he may show up at these other conferences or he may do all these other things, but it, he doesn't really, uh, he, he's, he, I'm, just, I'm just the one sheep. He doesn't, I don't really matter. 
And yet these scriptures show us again, just like the, the, the other point is again, that God is just showing that he cares about each and every single one of you. He cares about every day. He, he knows the number of hairs that are on your head. He knows uh, and designed you perfectly. He knows what your fingerprint looks like. It is different than every single other person in this place. You are uniquely and wonderfully made, fearfully made, the Bible says. Uh, it says that God, when he created us, he made us in his image and uh, to be uh, made in his likeness. And when he did that, he said, and it was good. In fact, when he made all of creation, after he made all these things, he said it was good. It was good actually nine times. And at the end of it, he says, it was very good that what he made was good and that you matter as much as the whole body matters, that every single one of you matter to God and no single person, no individual in this place or watching online today or whenever you're watching this matters less than anyone else, that he cares about the one and he would chase after you. In fact, he chases after you even when he has to leave the 99. The other thing we see in the scripture in Matthew 18 is that God will seek after you when you wander. Now, <laughs> we could talk about this, right? We're a family. We have all wandered at times from God, sometimes out of ignorance, sometimes out of fear, sometimes out of just busyness of life, sometimes it's because we're angry at God, because this didn't happen how I want it to happen. Sometimes we just, we just say, forget this. I'm out of here, right? I don't want to be a part of this kingdom of God thing anymore. I'm angry. Is anybody, am I the only one that's ever experienced any of that, right? <laughs> we go into these places of wandering when we are lost, we're confused, oftentimes deceived. Sometimes we think that looks better on the other side. Sometimes the enemy comes in and says, yeah, God doesn't really care if you eat of that apple. It doesn't really matter. You can, we're deceived and we think, God doesn't really care if you do that thing. He'll forgive you. Everybody else is doing it. And we get deceived and we start to wander to the left or to the right. And before long, we are way off track and isolated without the flock, without the body, without the protection of the, of the shepherd. Yet God in his love for us, yet Jesus in who he is comes, leaves the 99 and brings his rod and says, come on, it's time for you to come back with me. How many times have we wandered from God in our lifetime? And how many times in our life has God had to come and pull us back again to himself, again and again and again. God seeks us when he wanders. God seeks us too. When we're lost, when we're confused, when we're broken, when we're led astray, when we just are stubborn, he seeks us when we are lost and wandering. Aren't you so glad? He never gives up on you. He never stops 
chasing after you. He never stops seeking after you. He never stops desiring to be with you, for you to know him and he you. In 1 John 4, 19, there's a great scripture and uh, it says, we love God because he first loved us. And I wanna just say in the same way, and it doesn't have a scripture quite like this, but all through the Bible, we can see that God has first chased us, wanted us, wanted a relationship. And we've messed it up because of our free will, the ability to have free will. We've messed up and we've sinned and it separated us from God. We've wandered and yet God continues to chase us, to try to pull us back through his son Jesus again and again and again. And in the same way that God first loved us, we love him because he first loved us. In other words, God was the one that wrote the letter to us, that note, like in sixth grade, and says, hey, I love you no matter if you say yes or no, will you be mine, right? And he's done it over and over and over again. He continues to show himself to us through uh, creation, through uh, relationships, through this preaching right now, through his word to us. He continues to try to prod our hearts through the Holy Spirit, the still small voice that speaks to our mind. He continues to do whatever he can to bring us back to himself. And if that wasn't enough, because of our wandering and because of our, uh, our going astray again and again and again, all through history, he sent his one and only son, Jesus. The Bible says it like this, that he loved us so much that he gave his one and only beloved son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life with him for eternity. Because his desire, his craving, his, his seeking is to be with you and he with you. Be with you and you with him. God speaks to us and, and prods us in all different ways. He wants to reach you through his word. He wants to reach you uh, in that still small voice if you'd settle yourself down enough to listen at times. He wants to give you dreams and visions to, to reveal himself to you. He, he does it in all kinds of ways. In fact, Jesus, God made you and he speaks to you uniquely, differently than the person sitting next to you. He knows how you think, he knows your history, and he's able to bring that together when he speaks to you. It's a beautiful uh, relationship that God wants to have with us. <clears throat> and everything, and Dan shared this last week too, in Romans, it says everything in creation points back to God to lead us back into relationship with him. And as a church, Believer's Chapel, he uses us and he speaks to us in these moments through worship and through the preaching of the word and through crews. But he also uses us as a church to bring the wandering lost sheep back to himself. Isn't that crazy? He uses us to help others. This is one of the things that I loved most about Pastor Clint, is that he would chase everybody. He, and he didn't care what it sounded like. He didn't ma it didn't really matter if he offended you. He's just like, you belong to Jesus. You need to get back to what he told you to do. You need to stop wandering. Come on, right? That's the echo that continues on in this place because of that man. And God has called us as a church to bring back the hurting, the lost sheep. I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, over the last few years, 
since this staff was handed to me, this is the first time I brought it out. <laughs> I don't expect to bring it out a lot in case some of you guys are worried. That's, what do you think you are, some shepherd? Um, this is the first time I brought it out. It's been hanging in my office on the wall. And, um, you know, for the first few years, I didn't feel like God had really called us to really go out and bring people in because we had a lot to um, transition into, to grow from, heal from, um, mature in. But now, the staff is out. And it's time for us as a church, listen to me, for us as a church, as a body, together, to bring in sheep. There are so many lost sheep that have never heard about Jesus and they need to be brought in to God. God's desire is for them. And he wants to use us to do that. There's a lot of people that were hurt because of uh, churches, this church, other churches, that need to get back to the purposes that God has on their lives. And it's time for us to say, you know, you don't have to be harsh with this. Just come on, it's time to come back. It's time to come back. It's time to come back into what God has called you to do. We have a purpose here. God wants to bring us together as a body to love one another, even despite ourselves at times, amen? Actually, especially despite ourselves at times. We do uh, make mistakes. We do. We are not perfect. And in those times, we need to come together and we need God to help us. Let God use you to seek out the wanderers that God seeks to. He wants to use us as a church to do that. He wants to continue to uh, heal people's hearts. He wants to continue to let people know that he desires a relationship with them, even if they have been wandering for a long time. As I close, I hope you know that God is seeking you. Even right now, the Bible says that Jesus says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who opens that door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. I love that song Libby sang and it talks about, this is how I fight my battles. But a lot of you might have said, well, I don't understand this song. What do you mean? How do we fight our battles? At the beginning of that song, it says, he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. And he comes and he shares with us and us with him and we talk and he fights for us. This is how we fight our battles. That God is our protector. He watches out for us and he prepares this table and he says, here I am standing at the door and knocking. If anyone will open that door, I will come in and fellowship with them, talk to them, prepare a table for them, eat with them, share with them the treasures of heaven with them, Give them insights to problems and situations. Give them hope and future. Give them eternal life. He continues to knock on the doors of our hearts, continually seeking, desiring, craving a relationship with you. This knocking will not stop until the day you die. It will be constant, persistent, you may not hear it at times because you've put some walls up. He's still there nonetheless. Seeking after the wandering, craving a relationship with you. 
You may not feel it at times because you're angry or hurt, but he's still there nonetheless, knocking, seeking you too. Lord Jesus, we're thankful that you chased after us, that you continue to chase after us. God, even when we didn't deserve it, even when we failed you, even when we've turned our backs on you, when we've wandered so far and even so long at times, we are so grateful that you keep knocking, that you keep seeking, that you just keep chasing after us too. Today, I wonder if you're in this place or watching online and you've been wandering, you've been running, or you've been putting walls up between you and God. And you hear that knocking and realize today through this word that, man, I need to stop running. I need to stop putting these walls up between God and I and surrender. Trevin talked about it during hosting. I need to surrender to God. With everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed, if that's you in this place, and you say, you know what, my life isn't right with God. I've been running. Or maybe you, you, you're a believer, but that's still the case. You've just been running. You've been hiding. <laughs> God is still chasing you. If that's you today and you want to surrender and say, God, I'm sorry. I surrender into my life again. In other words, I allow you to have a relationship with me. I allow you, I allow you to catch me. I circle yes. If that's you here today, with everybody's eyes closed and heads bowed and you say, I need to get things right with God. Would you just lift your hand up? Say, I need to get my heart right with God. I need to ask him to forgive me for running or I need to surrender again. You can put your hands down. I want you to say this prayer with us. In fact, I want to do it a little differently today. I want you just to say it honestly and authentically to Jesus right now. Just tell him, God, I've, I'm sorry. I've been running. Maybe you're hurt in this place from different things. You could say, God, I'm hurt. I don't know what to do about it. I can't handle it. Would you just tell them, God, help me with this hurt. I know it's caused me to push away from you. But I ask that you heal it. Or maybe you're here today and you've felt insignificant. You felt little, as if you don't matter. Would you allow God to change your mind? Say, God, if I matter to you, would you show me? God, I allow you. I allow you, God, to find me. I allow you to come into to my life, to be a part of it, to re-teach me how I think about myself, to redo the hurt in my life that's caused this. God, we love you. We thank you that you continually chase us. God, we pray that you help us to not turn that away. In Jesus' name, amen. We're gonna worship Jesus one more time, but you know the best relationships work when both sides are chasing each other hard, right? 
I love my, didn't my wife do so good leading that song today, right? And, and I love my wife so much. But like in every relationship, sometimes it can be roller coasters, right? Sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's awesome. But the best relationships work, and our relationship works best when we both are seeking each other at the same time. Not when one is upset and going another way and the other's chasing or vice versa, but when both, in any relationship, husband and wife, any relationship, it's when both sides desire one another. The best relationship we could ever have on this planet and for all eternity is when we are chasing after God and God is chasing after us. But here's the thing. God is always chasing after you. It's never, the relationship between us and him is never on his side. The, the, I mean, the issue is, and the problem with the relationship between us and God is never on God's side because he's always coming after us and always giving us grace and freedom and forgiveness in Jesus. It's up to us to chase after him for the best. God, we pray that you help us with that. Help us not to run. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, would you stand on your feet as we worship Jesus one more time?